and welcome back to the Behind the Pros podcast with me, Gary Jerry. It's a theatre podcast all about the real lives of the people who make it. And on this episode of Behind the Pros, we talk to a real-life Santa Claus. Yes, we talk to my wonderful friend and colleague, Peter Edbrook, a man who has spent 40 years working in the West End and on tour throughout the UK as a musical theatre performer. We talk about all of his different character roles, how he first got into the business at the age of 26, and we also discuss Christmas time and our work together on Dear Santa. Enjoy! So my life started, my, my, my grandfather was a, a magician and uh, a ventriloquist. He used to work on the um, the Northern Club List. And, and where were you living at the time? Where, I where lived was in Chester. I'm, I'm what where we are now. A sestrian. <laughs> and uh, so my dad was a pianist. He, he played by ear. But as a child, they used to dress him up as Gainsborough's uh, blue boy. And he, he used to accompany my granddad's act. So there was always music in the house. Mm. Uh, I went to Chester Cathedral School. I was chorister. Uh, there and and a student because uh, they'd been there previously they thought you should go I found it quite uh, distressing <laughs> but it was a good it was a good start for going into the theatre because you had to be punctual you had to be able to sing play piano and um, I stayed there till my voice broke uh, when I was, I was around <laughs> uh, about fifteen I was very That's late quite late isn't it it was because it was so embarrassing at my my school. They wanted a, a boy soprano to sing "Once in Royal David City." Mm. It was always a, the, the first first two lines that were, were some poor child, and it was me. And I thought I got away with it this year, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I did. I just about got there. It was a nice soprano. I'm now bass baritone. Mm. Anyway, story was uh, you had to give a proper job when you when you left school. Of course, my English was good. I was good with English, and it was arranged that I should go for an interview with the Chester Chronicle newspaper and uh, I did and I got, got that job I was an apprentice for five years working with hot metal setting linotype machines if anybody knows what they are right it's antique now because we, we do everything's pasted yeah uh, so I, I was a printer for 13 years and uh, I couldn't I was doing a lot of amateur theatre mm. uh, which gave me you know a, a, a thrill two weeks a year got to 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 drag up and put makeup on <laughs> hideous when you don't know didn't know how to put makeup on i always looked like um what's his name the, the president of america <laughs> trump i always had an orange face so what 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 was the uh, deciding moment that took you from in into the into theater and going you know what i've i can do this professionally well I worked as a as a child, fourteen. I was working in a in a, a musical theatre in Chester called the Royalty Theatre, which I did. Uh, I, I did follow spot, but there were carbon arc lines, br- the brightest light you could get, uh, but but very unhealthy because you you just have to dissemble this thing with with rags. What's that? Um, asbestos? No, <laughs> don't worry. Anyway, so I enjoyed working in this theatre. Uh, my mum and dad said, that's all right, you can do it. And I did circuses, old-time musical, nine-weekly wow. rep, ballet. And I just, I saw Showboat there with one of the amateurs, and I just thought, oh, I'd love to be on, to do that. Mm. But I had no idea to do it. And every time I brought it with my mum and dad, they said, oh, no, you can't do that anymore. That That's all gone, that's all gone, that's all gone. 
So I got a job at the, the, the Gateway Theatre in Chester and I got a job on the bar and I was working there for free. So how old were you at this point? This point I was about 26, 27. Right. So I was working as a barman and a casual doing mm. stage management and there was this lovely Gwen Taylor, I think her name was, she was in Duty Free. She was there in repertory doing the ice cream. And she, she came, and I was always saying, I'd love to do what you do. Mm. I would really love to do what you do. Anyway, she and a, an actor called Ian Gentle came up to the bar and said, listen, you, you uh, bastard, <laughs> you moan and moan and moan about wanting to be in the theatre, do something. Mm. We'll help you with your, your, your speeches. We'll, we'll go through you, how, how you should do it. And I thought, I can't believe I'm actually doing so. Yeah. I applied for the Birmingham School of Speech Training and Dramatic Art. We used to call it Dramatic Tarts. <laughs> and I went along for an audition. This audition, they... Um, you they had to do a, a monologue or a... I had to do a, a monologue, um, a rhyming monologue. Oh. And um, <laughs> I, had to do, um, I had to do Shakespeare and it was, it was Richard Burton. So I got the, I got the, the album out. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the, the end of my audition, she said, "That's lovely. That's lovely. We really like what you do." But why did you use that Welsh accent? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, anyway, they said, "Yeah, you're fine. How how will you manage being 28 going to drama school?" Mm. I said, "How well, will you get used to saying uh, good morning, Miss Yardley? Yes, Miss Yardley." Yeah. And they used to take the uh, the record of who was in. Do you think it was a, a bit of a blessing being able to go with a bit more life experience into mm. into drama school? Because it, it seems like in 2019, a lot of people are trying to go as early as they can, mm. like 16, 18. Mm. I, I didn't go until I was 20. And even then, you know, some of the life experience that a lot of actors and a lot of lecturers talk about, you know, you kind of, you, you can't have it yet at that age. Yeah, you're absolutely right because she said we would like to you we, we will offer you a part if you get the the money from the government and I said well there's the letter she said well you're in but it was twelve months I had to wait wow. uh, before I could get in so I used to tick the calendar off at, at the printers and they said what do you do that because I'm leaving so I gave in my my two two weeks notice and I went off to Birmingham. And, and how, how many years were you in Birmingham? Three years, but you were exactly right. They preferred older people going in because you had seen a bit of life. And I was lucky I got my equity card in the first week. They, in those days, you had to do 40 weeks. So we were next door to Pebble Mill. Yes. And so we used to do a lot of uh, extra work. And for every extra day, you got half a day uh, towards your card. But I did... A, I did um, um, somebody from Birmingham City, uh, Birmingham. I can't remember which the theatre, the big theatre, anyway. The Alhambra, oh, no, Hippodrome. No, the the the, the, the <laughs> intelligent one. <laughs> Birmingham, anyway. And they were doing uh, Wesker's The Merchant, and somebody had gone out, so they were looking for somebody that really that could fit the costume rather than uh, how good they were. So I went along for an audition, and luckily it was a director who used to work at the Chester Theatre, but he thought I was an actor, but I wasn't. I was a barman when I was at Chester. And, um, what a small world. Birmingham Rep. It was a Birmingham Rep. Anyway, he went down, and there were about ten guys we'd all auditioned for him. And he said, uh, thank you very much for coming. Thanks for coming. We will see you. And he glanced at me, 
later on for a, a costume fitting, and everybody thought it was them, the way he did it. So my principal came and she said, do you want the job? She said, you'll get your equity card with it. And I only had about three lines, um, but I got it. And then I went back there again, finished my equity um uh, build thing. enough enough build up yeah because I, I did as you like it there but i sang the sonnets wow. um and then i went back to do something that they took to um damn yankees not damn yankees what's the one about the you know find out what you, well, i played Ulrika johnson's dad in it <laughs> um anyway so i got my equity card which meant that i could then look for jobs but I always had a job to go to because working as a... I, I would work as uh, an ASM, DSM. You've seen it from every angle, in a way, and I I, I spent a lot of time, um, when I first graduated, working on shows where I didn't just perform. There was also an element of stage management mm. involved in it. And again, it like from what it sounds like, is that you've been able to see the industry from a lot of different angles before you've even kind of had a, a, a proper uh, lengthy run as an actor. It's because I enjoyed it. But when I worked as a, as a child, I just didn't do spotlights. Mm. I mean, I used to work... Shetland ponies had to be emptied and fed. Because <laughs> we used to have... And then there was a dog act. The dogs had to be walked. And so I got an extra two shillings for, for walking the dogs. Fantastic. For me dogs. Uh, it's bizarre, really. And a lot of it I've forgotten because I'm now 70... And uh, it's a it's a very very long time ago. But well, that's like that's more than forty years of I I would like to hope some great memories, uh, a lot of lessons learned, and uh, I, I worked a lot at the Haymarket Theatre. Um, I, I oh God, I think I did Sweeney Todd twice there. I did a show called The Rink as well, which we've talked about already. Was that at the Haymarket? I no, I didn't know that was it. I did that at Oldham Coliseum, hmm. um, and then we went into town with it. We were lucky; we went into town. It didn't last, but it was it was great. Where was it? What was the house in in town? Where were it you? was it was at the Cambridge. It's it's recently been back in uh, with with somebody else doing it. it. Uh, yeah, it did a run. Um, Southwark, Southwark Playhouse, um, and it's it, it's a lovely piece. I mean, you know, it's a, it's quite a specialist piece in the fact that you know. Have to be able to skate, but mm. as you said, that was something that you you kind of did from a a young age. When you were when you were growing up, you you talked a lot about working within variety. Is there any kind of uh, idols that you had when you were younger from the variety scene? Uh, not really, because I, I I was always working. Um, um, my family never took me to see variety because they they they'd seen it forever. Yes. Uh, I used to like all the old TV acts. The good old days, people go, you don't watch that, but I do because those people have worked hard. Mm. Uh, and they they, they present a fantastic... Well, they present Ed, uh, which you can still see now if you pick it up. It's a, it's a well-worked craft. You, l- you look at people like... I, I always refer to Morecambe and Wise and... It, Perfect. Yeah, they are. That's that takes a lot of hard work and mm. a lot of practice. You know, you can't you can't hit that off on the first time you're on stage. That's years and years of kind of developing something special. Mm. I think. But I, it was, I was I was never really into pop or rock and roll and things like that. Of course, the first job I got, I was I was doing as you like it at at um, Birmingham Rep, and. Um, my partner 
now my husband, uh, said, Peter, Peter, quickly. And he was in between shows. He said, I've got people that want to see you. And he pretended to be my agent. And I said, who is it? <laughs> and he said, just... And I said, hello, my name's Peter Edbrook. And they wanted me to get to audition for Jesus Christ Superstar. It was the first time it came out of the West End. And it was the first long running you, 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 I finally got the job mm. in a strange way um, that's not a prison that strange way <laughs> uh, I went along to the, the Prince of no who did you Prince play well I, I just played one of the disciples but I covered uh, Gareth Marks who played Herod and I understudied him but I only got it because I the most awful audition I turned up <laughs> with half a sixpence the musical oh sixpence it's better than all for a rock show <laughs> and uh, but I went because Barbara Streisand had lo- not long left that theatre with Funny Girl and it was everywhere you could smell the whole the, the, all the sets were still hanging yeah, around Beth. I loved it so I didn't care and it was my first proper job for a musical and uh, the guy who was the, the, the director I still meet him now on the West End Wendy shows he went alright bruv uh, thanks very much and I thought no no I haven't got it I haven't got it so I pulled the legs back and said I can tap dance he went alright then come on so he <laughs> said can you do this and he's an American tap dancer Johnny Worthy his name is he said can you do this and I said no can we just start with singles doubles and trebles and a few breaks anyway they rang up on the Saturday night and said we'd like you to do the tour wow. so we did I couldn't believe it so Right towards the end of, uh, we were in Aberdeen for the last, the 13th situation, uh, sighting. Yeah. I auditioned for London, uh, London's new show then, which was Annie. Oh, yes. So I went along and I got it. So I had four days out of work and I went out again for another year. So I like doing musicals. Then since then I've done, um, I've worked with Sondheim two or three times. Pacific Overtures, Sweeney Todd's. Yeah. You name it, I've done Into the Woods. Uh, I can't remember them all now. Do you still love it? Is it? Do you, do you still love musical theatre? Yeah, people who are listening to this can't see. We're, we're in the top of my house. It's a music room. Full of CDs, full of music. We like musicals. We like we we go as often as we can. Our new venture is opera, so ah. we've booked a few operas. Yeah, uh, but lo- lo- I couldn't go and see a lot of musicals because I was always working <laughs> so and then slowly with age my put the parts started to get um older parts which mind you I'd been playing old men since my well, 28 29 I was gonna say I was gonna yeah. ask you about that because we've talked in the past about the fact that you know you've played a lot of different character parts which often involve uh characters who are of an older age mm. is that something that you Again, maybe it's because of your your later graduation as well. Is that it seems to have all tied in well that you've managed to go from various different characters throughout your career. I used to be in the show playing my own age, but yeah. I always was the understudy for the older guys. Mm. I was in a show called Seventy Girl Seventy, and oh, there's a few stories I could tell you about that. <laughs> but, uh, they're a bit. It was fantastic. It was with Dora Bryan, who I've worked with twice. In um, I did Hello Dolly, the tour with her. She she was uh, she was quite wily. Was that on tour, Seventy Girls Seventy? Yeah, we did it on tour. Started in Nottingham, 
And it was beautiful. Nobody had done it for ages. Oh, it was Candor and Ebb, uh, 70 yeah. girl 70. Who I've worked with um, twice. I worked. Uh, John Candor uh, came to see us at, um, oh, where was it? Chichester, doing 70 girl 70. Yeah. And he loved it. But it, it's, it's nice to actually meet meet these people. It doesn't mean a lot to people, but I've actually been out with them. And yeah. Sondheim used to, used to have. There's one seat always reserved at the Haymarket Theatre. It was the eighth row, the uh, house H, seats. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. the house seats. And you knew when he was in because it, it, you could feel it. <laughs> you could feel the eyes, could you? <laughs> but, uh, he, he loved it because that was really the home of Sondheim. Mm. Everything was done there. And it's great that the, the Haymarket's, I don't know, has it reopened yes, yet? Yes, it or has. It's, yeah. Asbestos. We're back to asbestos. <laughs> it was full of it was full of asbestos. I went back to. Uh, I really missed it because I went. I did played Mr. Stink for uh, David, David Williams. But yeah, yeah, David Williams. I did that for for quite a while, and but we did it at Curve, and it was it was really strange because you don't from stage left to stage right. You couldn't go through a back entrance. You you actually had to go through the cafe, oh. and so you'd see the people upstairs doing the main show. Yeah, and you would cross, and it was it was really weird. The the, the funny things that happened. Uh, did you ever did I ever tell you about the one <laughs> when we were in uh, Annie? I think we were in were, were we in Nottingham? Okay, and right at the end of the NYC number, the NYC da dee 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 dee, dee um, the lights would go down. And you'd see this dog playing Sandy would yeah. walk across the back and then looking for Annie. Yeah. And all of a sudden the stage bursts into the, the Miss Hannigan's set uh, and they did Easy Street. And that. But before that, while the dog was walking from one side to the other, it turned his backside on the... And he pooed. <laughs> he, he, he pooed all over the stage. Brilliant. Well, they couldn't stop it and everything was winched on. I thought, they were walking... Yeah, yeah. Well, the audience went up for it. It was absolutely amazing. It, it, it cleared, and up came the Hannigan set, and it looked like a chocolate layer cake. <laughs> but they 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 carried on. I mean, I've seen at the end. That's a, a never dr- work with children or animals. Well, no, Drury Lane, because they couldn't have proper horses there in Gone with the Wind. They had to get these big dray horses with giant feet. Yes. And uh, um, as she escaped through the through the mangroves or whatever yeah. you call it, this horse used to pull this cart, but it was on a, on a, a round table. Mm. It, it went round, and it stopped. And she 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 went to shoot this Confederate soldier. Well, she did. She shot him right. in the head, and he fell back on the horse. No, he fell oh. back on his back. Right. But the horse had been there earlier over that area and pooed. <laughs> of course, this it was it was shocking. The, the audience were getting nervous because he fell. They could shot, see it. And because he was dead, he put his head back oh. and slowly his head disappeared in this pile of poo. Oh. <laughs> they, they brought they, they brought the iron in, but if the audience had gone. Oh, that's it. That's that's the uh, it's the scene done, isn't it? Really, at that point. Now you've talked about quite a few um, different places that you've toured to and and houses that you've worked in. A, a question I've asked everybody is um, your your favourite house, so or your favourite city that you've toured to and you've had like a wonderful time. The the, the best it'll always be Leicester Haymarket Theatre for me. Yeah. Because I was comfortable there, and they booked me for twelve years. Yeah. Um, 
every no, I like it's the theatres. I, I mean, I've got books and books and books on theatres. It didn't matter really. Mm. I, I like Nottingham because all the livery, the Theatre Royal, Theatre Royal is green, yeah. which is a change from the red and gold. Mm. Uh, what's the one? It, be, it begins with B. It's the um, Opera Opera House at Buxton. Uh, yeah, Buxton. <gasps> yeah, that is absolutely outrageous. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I did um, the show. Where, where is it? Where the snooker comes from? Uh, Sheffield, the yeah. Crucible. And yeah, I did the she- Sheffield Crucible, and the theatre on the other side had been revamped. Mm. We did the opening night there. We went over and entertained the workers who wow. worked, and all the ceilings, everything was magic. And that was one place we we had a bit of an accident with the uh, with roller skates. Oh, because um, all the vans were. Um, that would bring the sets in, they can just drive onto the stage from the road. Right. It's all the same level. Well, I was going to ask about injuries, you know, mm. obviously spending so much time on roller skates, is there anything that you've, kind of any mishaps that you've you've had? Not not me personally. Uh, no, not me, because I, 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 I never like to miss a show. I don't think I... I'm the same like that. I don't think I am. I only missed shows if my sister died. And uh, we were we were down south somewhere, and Dora uh, Bryan said, "Oh, Peter," she said, "Your sister wouldn't like you to miss a show," and I won't <laughs> I won't tell you what the company manager told her to do. <laughs> uh, but that was the only time I had oh. I had four days off. I got there just in just as she died, oh. within half an hour of her dying, yeah. and I wouldn't have missed that for the world. Yeah. Um, well, a, a lot of this podcast, we we, we kind of talk about. What real life, so behind the scenes, and the fact that you know, uh, one question I would like to ask you um, is uh, what you think uh, happiness is. Happiness is is knowing what you do, you get paid for. It, I also often say to people with hobbies, I said, wouldn't you like to get paid for doing for making that model aircraft? Yeah, and and every day had to make a different aircraft. That's the best part about it. You you actually get paid. For doing what you actually you do you would do for nothing. Mm. I didn't care about the driving, the. Did you used to have a place in in Leicester? Did you the yeah, digs that you stayed in? We had very good digs um, in Leicester. Uh, a lot of us tried to get in there, but I used to get in early mm. uh, when as soon as I knew, and it was walking distance. Yeah. Um, and the city was quite vibrant. Um, fantastic place to work. Do you ever go back? Um, well, they invited me back recently when they opened it again, mm, yeah. and uh, I couldn't because there were problems with illness in the family. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> to be honest, I was a bit scared because <laughs> for the last f- four, five, six, seven years, I've been playing Santa Claus. Yeah, in different productions, and uh, word got around that I was, I was either cheap or good. <laughs> I think it was, uh, so I did Santa Claus the musical, and then I did. Another st- very strange one, uh, which I, I can't even remember the name. It's Santa's Magic Journey. Oh. But then I got hooked up with um, Dear Santa. Which uh, I think is a, is a good time to talk about it now. Mm. Is, um, we met in 2014, and um, it was a show which it had, you'd originally done in Horsham, at the, the capital. Yeah. And then it was, um, it was a, a new production company uh, took it on. Um, and uh, I guess that's how we met. I'm trying to remember. Did we re- we rehearsed in Corby and 
That yeah, was... we uh, had I done I'd done it once before in Horsham. Yeah, and so they took me, and the guy who was playing your role couldn't do it because he went into st- as a social welfare or something. Right. Um, yes, I mean I quite look forward to it because it was a nice short little piece. It's it's fifty minutes, and then it's it's a kind of meet and greet afterwards. Mm. Well, that's that's what we used to do, and I'm so glad not just because I met you, but I think the show has such a wonderful warmth to it something very soft and very gentle about Dear Santa there was and there was nothing to worry about that, and that is the first time I've d- remembered now I knocked on the door uh, 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 other set Santa Claus arriving and I don't know I had this panic uh, like a faint there was something wrong with my, my balance oh that was in Corby wasn't it and yeah. I uh, you knew immediately that there was something that was wrong and you that's the, the best camaraderie the best thing you actually steered me through about five minutes of dialogue yeah uh, and we eventually we got out of it and I was I was okay with the second show mm. but actually the only time I've been frightened um, what was nice about it was mum and dad came and granny and granddad came they liked it for a different reason because they remembered <laughs> they remembered special Christmases past and they wanted the children to to to, to feel yeah. And what really a, a nice Christmas play is, because we didn't talk about commerce or the latest no. present. In it. Uh, and it was great because up to seven o'clock you've got them. Uh, seven years of age. Yeah. <laughs> you, at seven o'clock you've got them. And they just roll with it. They like it. Um, oh, because we used to meet the children quite often. And, mm. and I'd say, have you written your letter to Santa? My, my favourite thing is whenever we used to go to a, like, a supermarket... And you could see all the kids looking <laughs> at you, Peter, and going, oh, it's Santa. And you used to just put your, put your hand on your lips and go, shh. Well, that's how I got <laughs> that. That I was the, um, the Toys R Us Santa Claus in all their commercials yeah. for two years. On, just because of that, uh, that's the audition, shh. Uh, well, every, everyone I speak to is, says that you are the ideal Santa. And before I came up and people knew that I was coming to have a chat with you it was like oh it's the Santa I, we, I know him um, we were lucky in that we got to um, as well as touring it to places in the UK we also went to Singapore wow that was a gift and wh- what do you think was the kind of main differences in terms of the reactions from the children well they, they're big on Christmas they're bigger than, than the UK mm. you know and every all those children just purely believed I think probably up to 18 or 19 <laughs> they were the most hospitable people they they idolised Christmas their, their, their roads were decorated uh, with gems even though it was boiling hot it was the most bizarre Christmas it yeah. was it was oh, loved it was, it we, we did get uh, we used to get an hour's rain between two and three mm. every day mm. and then that's turned into steam yes so the brolage people had for, for the rain then they had to use it for the for the sunshine. It was a, it was a gift. It was an absolute gift to go to Singapore, uh, but but it was odd to to wear the costumes. <laughs> it's odd to wear Santa Claus costumes and 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 have real snow. Yes, uh, but the kids loved that. They, they they were enthralled. I'd I'd do it again. Oh, absolutely! It was it was a bit of a shock the following week when we were at the Hawth in uh, in Crawley and it was freezing cold. You know, so. But now, as I'm retiring, I. I do a bit of modelling, but I, it's 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 
uh, Santa Claus for for calendars, mm. for birthday, uh, for Christmas cards. Um, that keeps me busy. I do a lot of work for Women's Aid charity, mm. uh, which means going out standing in my Santa Claus outfit. With I, I'm part of a, a club called the Be- uh, I can't pronounce it. It's Bearded Men in in right. Chester, <laughs> and uh, they're gay, straight. Transgender, and they've all got beards. As long as you've got a beard, as long as you've got a beard, you can be in this. And so we we all get together, and we we um, we, we collected about six hundred pounds for women's aid. Fantastic. The latest thing we do is fibrosis, uh, pulmonary fibrosis. Yeah. Which unfortunately my my partner has. Uh, so we go out and we do uh, have a selfie with the Elfie, which we used to do. Yeah, absolutely. So they pay a pound to have a selfie with Santa Claus and an Elfie. That's great. And so that goes to, to charity. So Santa's still there, but uh, we, we've got to sort ourselves out here. So if there were uh, young performers listening who are just getting into the business, uh, what would you say was your advice to... Um, being involved in theatre for such a long time, like to continue mm. to work in it. Go in when you like, when you think you're right, and when if you've got people behind you, perfect. Um, if you've got people that, that will, will, will help you get through it, because um, students don't get a lot of <laughs> a lot of pennies. No. A lot of people in my drama school never went to look for. I was doing naff pantos up in. Uh, Carnegie Hall in Scotland mm. and I was playing the Honey Monster uh, and Little John oh. and I used to have to go in this, this wagon fr- from Barnstaple all the way up to um, was it Fulham we started, we went, then we went to Barnstaple then we went up to the Carnegie Hall in, mm. in, uh, I used to do anything I could find working uh, they they didn't they didn't mm. and they didn't even go and get jobs stuck in shelves. So they, it's they, life experience again. Yeah, it's like and I just said I've, I have the most. They said oh you're always working. I said <laughs> because I go for it. Mm. And they, they you say it's your age and I said no it's not. I, I love the, I love the job, mm. and I would never go for anything that wasn't right. But I am. There's only I was the only male in my year that worked. Yeah. Uh, and, and but there was so much talent there; they were just too lazy. You've got you do have to work hard, do classes, do everything that you that never think you're going to need. And and what's the the one thing that you wish you'd known when you were training mm. that you know now? I just know I used to get. Uh, I never worried about not not working because I was intelligent enough to put a few pennies away mm. instead of spending the whole. Th- Thing. Um, we didn't when we were on tour. We all behaved. Well. We used to have some great parties in, in, in the superstars. Wherever there was a British Legion in the last week of the run, a four-week run, we had superstars nights out, and so they all got a big band orchestra and loads of soloists. And everybody was trying out their their solo their their their, their, then you their audition. Their eleven number. o'clock number. Yeah, and so. <laughs> Go in with go in with your eyes open. Enjoy it. Don't be afraid to roll your sleeves up. Uh, don't be afraid to be the man with one line, because mm. next time you'll get two lines. And it could be the line that steals it. Yes, it could be, <laughs> um, like that dog having a poo. <laughs> you could be the dog having the poo. Yeah. No, just in, just enjoy it. It's di- it is difficult now because kids want to be 
that, like that image that when they do that uh, pouting on a camera. Yeah. It's not like that. That girl in the skating show. Oh, Dancing on Ice. Uh, Gemma, Gemma Collins, oh, yeah. What a waste of time. Somebody <laughs> else could be in there. But but she, she probably earns more than any of us in a week. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, would you say that's intelligence on her part? Like she's working the system. She's got a good agent because she's <laughs> the, the she's been in so many things that have been flops, really. Uh, and she, it annoys me when I see the talent yeah. that is around. Uh, but then when I do see, I see people coming up on the outside, and I, I'm so pleased for them. Mm. I've enjoyed it. I've, I've had a fabulous life. Uh, there's been upsets and things but that shit happens I've had probably 40 if I went back to when I was 14 um, that's when I first started to enjoy it Mm. and I rolled my sleeves up and it didn't do me any harm didn't do I met some some of the people I met like Michael Birdie Winters they used to come in early Mm. and try and and then say do you think that's funny (laughs) Uh, to me and I'd be washing the floor yeah. You know, scrubbing the floor for the for the panto, and I said, "Yeah, it's all right. You're a fucking liar, <laughs> fucking liar." <laughs> but I met loads and uh, uh, loads of people in the business. Um, uh, oh, there's a knock on the door one day. In, in I was down doing Seventy Girls Seventy uh, in London, and there was a knock on the door. And the the gentleman that I the gentleman that I was sharing a dressing room with couldn't make the stairs because he was so old. Mm. So I, if this is too much, stop me. No, it's good. He, he we didn't have a toilet on that level, so we used to have this curtain that we used to pull over, and he used to have a wee in the sink. <laughs> and I was his understudy. They yes. Put, but, so it was great to share a dressing room with a person you're covering. Yeah. Because it, uh, it was a great help. So I used to go in with the bleach and scrub it all down. <laughs> and lots of people used to knock on knock on the door and celebrities would come in. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this night, there's a knock on the door. And he said, will you get it for me? And so he went behind the curtain. He was having a wee. And it was Liza Minnelli. Oh, my goodness. Was, I said... He'd Don't be look out, behind the curtain. He'd be, he'd be out in a minute. She <laughs> says, "I said he's," and she she nodded as if because little it was only a little dressing room. Yes. She went, "Oh, he's he's in the, he's in the room," <laughs> uh, and he came came up, and he zipped he zipped his trousers through this as I charged for the bleach, just in case she wanted one. <laughs> and uh, she was charming, and he said, "I I worked with your mother last year because he, he he was doing something at the the hotel." Um, what was that? Big? Was this in town? Was this yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And um, he said, "I work with no. I work with somebody who knew your mother." <laughs> and <laughs> and they, 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 she was, she was lovely. In fact, on the way out, she was leaving. I rang home to say, "You'll never guess who's just oh, coming to the theatre." And she'd remembered my name. And as she went, I said, "Good night, Peter." And the, the phone exploded from Brian. He went, "You've got you realize I'm an Eddie there." <laughs> But uh, we knew she was in. Yeah. She was on, again, the eighth row, because she did a song called um, Life Keeps Happening Every Day, Say, Say yes. yes. And yes. she did The Rink as well with um, Cheetah Rivera. Cheetah Rivera, yeah. So all comes full circle. When you meet the big big people, you, you, yeah. you, it was a wonderful town. When we were running it in just outside London, um, they, they said they came, somebody came back and said, could you all stay in your line? Because the rag had come in. 
and um, this out came Betty Condon and and Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein. Goodness. And he explained how he he made that that show because he was poor and he did it for his daughter's schooling, and it was such a treat to meet. Met Princess Margaret once too. Goodness. She was rotten. I, f- I feel like I should have put fancier clothes on to do this. <laughs> no, I like the people who were down to earth. And um, I mean, Dora Brown, she was funny. When we were rehearsing, she'd say, Peter Edbrook, what are you doing behind me? I said, <laughs> nothing, Dora. She said, well, let's keep it that way. Ah, oh, brilliant. Well, Peter, thank you very much. Come again. We'd like to say a big thank you to Jared Page from Stagey Pagey for the artwork, Itan Epstein Music for our introduction music, Audio Jungle, and our podcast hosts, Buzzsprout. Any inquiries about the Behind the Pros podcast, please contact behindthepros at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and until the next time, thanks for listening.